Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for this opportunity to come together in your name. We give you thanks for this chance to explore your word. God, guide us and speak to us. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Good evening, friends. Um, welcome to a slightly rambling version of uh, Scripture Talk Live. Uh, we, I have been talking almost nonstop today since like 10.30 this morning. So, um, And, and I, I'm here in my Don Draper cosplay uh, in a white shirt and black tie because <laughs> I uh, did a funeral at 2 o'clock and have not had time to change clothes. So that's the day I'm having. Anyways, I am Pastor Trey Comstock. Uh, with me as ever is Go Brandy. Sister Brandy Dudley coming to you uh, from light. Yes, she's coming from the light. Brandy hasn't. Brandy is using almost none of the same equipment as she did last week. The only thing that is the same is her microphone. It is a new laptop. It is a new webcam. Um, it is new everything. Um, go, Scott. Pastor Scott Ketchak, great to see y'all. And go, Stacy. Stacy Tyler, also known as the Penguin. And this is Scripture Talk, uh, our opportunity to gather and talk about the Scripture for the week. And this week, we are looking at Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. We are getting super judgmental. It is the judgment of the nations. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd, separate as a shepherd, easy for me to say, as a shepherd separates the sheep. You say that three times fast. The shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, come. You that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom. Prepare, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that you were hungry and and?" excuse me, when we saw you hungry and we gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you as, saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me naked and you did not give me clothing, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will, then they will all, then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them. Truly, I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into the eternal punishment but the righteous into eternal life. So friends, this, uh, this puts some pretty high stakes on discipleship and some pretty high stakes on how we treat people in the world. And some pretty high stakes on 
really having your faith really be what leads you and drives your actions in the world. Because the fruit that that faith is to bear is caring for those who do not have what they need. And if we are not doing that, uh, I believe the word in here is accursed and eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is a tough one, friends. Uh, this is a, uh, pastors are, this is, this is on the list of scriptures pastors are afraid of. Right. But I really think that it gives a good balance. You know, it's, it's one of those that really emphasizes the importance of taking scripture as a whole. We hear a lot about how salvation is by grace and it's not by works and all of that. And sometimes that pendulum swings to the uh, extreme that people forget about doing works. And this clearly shows that even though there is salvation through grace, uh, we're still held accountable. The purpose of salvation is for us to do good works. And this is one of the places that really hits that, you know, you still have to make an account for your actions and what you did with the grace that you're given. Yeah. I mean, that, that faith still has to bear fruit, right? And that is, you know, that's a quote from John's gospel, but is relevant here in this conversation from Matthew's gospel that basically pointed, this is true across the gospels, that there is certainly an understanding of salvation by faith, right? Um, but what is faith? And if that faith leads you to nowhere, then are, then are you living, then are you practicing a faith? Um, or did you just pray the sinner's prayer at a rally and go, I'm good. Let me dive into the world I was already a part of. You know, James says uh, faith without works is dead. Uh-huh. You know, you, you show me your faith. That word, I show you my faith by my works. You see uh-huh. the fruit. And it really hits us to look then at situations of uh, social justice and things in society and realize that according to Scripture, this verse particularly, we should be doing something toward fixing that. Right. That. Like if we're asking, our, if we ask ourselves, like how, how are we, how are the needs of other people? You know, I, I love people who like shake their tiny fist in the sky and like, man, I just wish these people could get helped. What are you doing to help these people? Uh-huh. Let us reframe that question. What have you done, my friend, for the least of these? Do not sit here and yell, you know, tell me that the, the okay. And maybe I just went to the wrong colleges, right? Because I, uh-huh. I have sat... You know, I, look, cards on the table. I lived in ac- hardcore academia for 10 years. And so I have sat in a lot of discussions where a lot of very entitled uh, young people, we were not children, we were young people. Some very entitled young people had some very advanced theories about how poor people should get cared for. And I 100% agree with those. Uh, go and live them. Go and do likewise uh, is what I have to say. Like, what? Like, great. This is an excellent theory you have proposed to me. Are you... Are you now going to dedicate your life to it? Because that's what we've been called upon to do. Uh, yeah, uh, quite frankly, when we think about the aspect of it being related to the body of Christ, uh, God has no hands and feet operating on our earth other than us. And so yeah. it is up to us to show and demonstrate and act out that love in tangible ways. You know, God's salvation, abundant life, wasn't just referring to the spiritual. Yes, it definitely entailed that, but it meant having abundant life in the here and now. And 
you know, some of that means us taking the opportunity to be the answer to someone else's prayer. Right. And, and, and to take tangible action. And, and this is, you got to put this in perspective of Matthew's gospel, right? Matthew's gospel has a sermon on the Mount, which is much more spiritual than the sermon that Luke reports as the sermon on the plain, right? They are similar to, and we, we've covered this months ago. I don't know. I've slept since then. We covered this at some point, Luke's sermon on the plain versus Matthew. And so Matthew tends to focus more on the spiritual aspect of what Jesus had to say. Jesus had a lot of things to say. The gospels put different emphasis, emphases on these things. But even here in Matthew's more spiritual gospel, we are talking about very tangible needs. We are not talking about these spiritually naked. We are talking about the literally physically naked. We are not talking about these spiritually hungry in this particular text. We are talking about the actually tangibly hungry, the actually physically lonely, the people are actually in prison and rejected. This is talking about how does God plan to care for the people that society rejects? It's us. As I've said in sermons more than once, we're the plan. Good news, bad news, friends. We're the plan. The plan was always to stir up in the hearts of Christians to care for people. If you're looking around for the miracle, the miracle cure for loneliness and hunger and sickness and whatever we're that miracle cure it's us we are supposed to be led by our faith to care in these situations well it should come natural to us to want to do good to people Uh around us but we'll have excuses like i don't have the money or i don't have the resources to try to help these people and they're discouraged from doing that Uh so you know it's got to be a way that we can encourage one another to, to say, let's do good to those that need help. But don't worry about the resources. God will provide the resources to help, you know, help you know, them out. I, and I, have, I, have been in, I have been in situations that put the absolute lie to, I don't have the resources, therefore I can't help. Mm-hmm. I've told this story on the show before uh, about the community I worked in in Paraguay, the literally the poorest, the, the poorest neighborhood in South America, right? Uh, in a continent that's got some pretty poor neighborhoods, I was in the poorest, and no one from outside helped them, really. They helped each other, even though they had nothing, right? Mm-hmm. When the huge flood hit their community, they cooked for their neighbors. They rebuilt houses for their neighbors out of cardboard and plastic. Uh, so that no one would go without shelter. And these are people who have literally nothing, who live on less than a dollar a day, who I'll admit steal their electricity, um, who are not living on land uh, recognized by their government. Uh, it, is, uh, it is in large part, we care for each other. And, and that doesn't also mean that like, yo, people who got resources, use them. If you've got the money, great. But if you've got maybe... There's this crossover, right? Some people have more time than money. Some people have more money than time. Um, Mm -hmm. Use whatever you have a lot of and also use some of what you have little of uh, to tangibly care for people. That's the plan. Exactly, because at the end of it all, we want to be standing with the lambs and not with the goats. And and, uh, uh, another scripture that comes to mind is that uh, I think I'm paraphrasing here that we need to treat everybody right because we don't know if we're entertaining angels or not. That's another yes. scripture that comes to my mind when I think about this too. Yeah. Well, and, and we I think the, the try to our best to do right. But I think I think part of the point of it is of this scripture is that anyone who is in need is as if caring for them, caring for Christ. 
right? Whatever you do for the least of these, you're doing to me. Then in some ways, everyone in need is an angel in disguise, right? Because every time we care for someone that society has left behind, we, it is as if we are caring for Christ himself. You know, yeah, we got to see it like that. We do have to see it as if we're helping Christ give a drink of water, give something to eat or whatnot. That should be the motivation as we're not seeing that person. We're seeing Jesus, you know, right. in that position. That's what should help us to do right. I think it's, that's, a, that's kind of a problem in our society today is we, we don't stop to care enough. We like just, it's become, we're, we become so numb to it as a society sometimes that, you know, the people are sitting in front of like Walmart that are generally in need, like genuinely like need help. And we just kind of like 90% of us just kind of drive by and they're kind of like the, uh, the plant, you know, yeah. planted there in front of uh, Applebee's, you know, it's like, you just kind of drive by they're the background, you know, and we just, we don't stop and pay attention. Yeah. So that's something my, my advisor in seminary, um, Dr. Gregory Ellison, the second, we called him Dr. E, uh, would talk a lot about in his pastoral care classes is this idea of seeing, right? He was very into, very into this idea that we need to actually see people. And once you see, you can't unsee. It's something he would say a lot. Once you see, you cannot unsee, right? Once you see that the person there on the side of the road is like, is Christ, is your brother or sister, is, you know, a human being and not a plant um, or an eyesore, but a beloved child of God, it is hard to unsee that. And I, I think that speaks to the heart of this, right? Is that we are to see the people in need as people, as Christ, uh, but certainly as people worthy of our, worthy, certainly worthy of our love in that everyone is worthy of God's love. Amen. Uh, so I'm back. Had power fl flicker. <laughs> Great. I, so like usually it's Zito I get mad at. I now get to get mad at the power company too. Yeah. Lord have yeah. mercy. We need to just, can I like, but there's been talking about like doing a big community event or something. Can we just do like a community exorcism of the utility system? Like exercise right. the demons from the, cast out the demons from the internet, <laughs> cast out the demons from the electricity, cast out the demons from the water. Because in my time, I've only been in Palestine for 14 months. I um, mean, in that time we've had a major water outage. Zito has sucked consistently. And now the electricity is on the fritz. I just, you're going to need a big is, bottle of yeah. water. Get that done, man. It's just going to get like one of, those like industrial sized like if you work in restaurants you can get some real big containers of olive oil like some really big containers of olive oil yeah and we're gonna yeah. get them big containers of olive oil and i'm gonna go to the water <laughs> treatment plant and i'm gonna douse it in 50 gallons of water of uh, olive oil and then i'm gonna commit an act of vandalism and throw that through zito's window i mean i did not say that online um anyways right so much for plausible deniability plausible yeah. deniability yeah. i'm literally recording this call we uh, love Zito. We love you, Zito. I'll tell you, our download speeds are incredible. Our upload speeds have not improved, no matter how much more money I give them. Anyways, we have some great comments in the chat. Um, from Ken, many times in my work in prisons, I heard people talk about how much good they were doing for people and then treat the offenders as less than human, a lot less. And yeah, I think that is like, I wrestled with that as a teacher because I, I taught students with emotional disabilities because like 
it is sometimes I'll be honest, those kids are hard to love. And I'll be honest, sometimes people in prison can be hard to love, but we are called upon to love all people, whether they are easy to love or not. And like, that's part of the journey we've got to be on is like love them anyways. Like we are in some ways in a very simple position. Our position is to love people, whether they are easy to love or hard to love. Like if you're wondering, how should I treat this person? The answer is love. Now that doesn't make it easy, but like that's the standard that's being set here. Most definitely. Um, I see you also have, you know, uh, Beth had said, but God will take care of us when we help others. Yes. Yeah, that's really part of it. So, yeah, definitely an aspect of that, of what we're supposed to be doing. It's, you know, that, sharing of his love and you know we we look at all the different things that we see going on in society right now and if we all were acting that way we wouldn't be seeing those issues that are uh, Uh causing uproars and so that's part of the reason we're we're, we're talking about this is hey no uh, Christianity isn't dead but in some ways Christianity hasn't lived up to a hundred percent what we should have been doing and so hey here's a reminder guys of what we should be leading out in and not waiting for someone else to take the lead in doing this yeah, and another good comment um that i think relates to that from joe what's also bad is people who act like they're stepping out but they are negative and talk down on the people and the event they are trying to accomplish that can put a halt to all progress and then they blame funds i have seen this play out time and time again um where like it is either like they act like they're doing good but then they're actually super judging the people that they're there to serve or help Mm. alongside um or you know act like they're doing good and then torpedo the thing yeah Mm -hmm. um it so there's this familiar with the gym um planet fitness um and their idea of a no judgment (laughs) zone right we should have come up with that the church should have come up with that um because this is, I mean, the, the, the kind of section header for the scripture is the judgment of the nations. But basically it said, part of the point of the scripture is, it is God's role to judge the nations. It is our job to love the nations, regardless, right? Because it even has in there, like it has in there, you know, mm-hmm. people who are perhaps easy to love, uh, people who are sick or people who are lonely. But it also has like, prisoners in here like prisoners are explicitly listed as people who we are to visit and care for and i'll admit like again usually not always sometimes get people get falsely imprisoned but generally people who are in prison have done something to get into prison and that still means we love and care for them even if they are hard to love sometimes you know that it makes me uh yeah remember yeah Definitely. Uh, it makes me remember that uh, example in scripture where you have the publican seeing the people in there and he, his prayer was, thank you, God, I'm not like them. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, and, and Jesus kind of had a lot to say about those different <laughs> prayers. <laughs> well, because I think that that is the other piece of it. it one of the things in the time I've done prison ministry is a real recognition that Generally speaking, what separates me from the people who are in prison has less to do with what we've done and more to do with like luck and 
circumstances of our birth and things beyond my control or my credit, right? I've done plenty of bad stuff um, in this life. I'm an ex-street racer, right? Like I've done plenty of bad and illegal things. And what separates me from them is not like the necessarily the quality of our character. It is luck. It is, I had a few people intervene in my life at the right time. Um, it, but it is those kinds of things, not some like fundamental thing about us. Uh, all of that science that like tried to measure prisoners' skulls to see if there was a difference, uh, that's all bunk and largely racist and not real science, right? There is no, there is no difference. There is not, right? We're not, we're not going to find the criminal gene. We're not, nope. Uh, they're all just people. We're all just people. It's just people. Yeah. It's like that idiom, except for the grace of God, there go I. Or um, the end of, or, or the, the big message of the Muppet movie, right? Oh, Right. Yes, my, you know, I don't know why it always comes back with the Muppets for me, but, you know, look, um, the, there's the, the cafe owner, uh, and he goes, frog is people, and bear is people, and pig is people, people is people, people is people, <laughs> frog is people, bear is people, prisoner is people, people is people, and our simple task in this world, hard though it can be sometimes, is to love people in tangible ways as a natural outgrowing of our faith. And not only yeah. is it a calling, but we got something to look forward to yeah. when our mission is complete. We'll yeah. be yes. in everlasting life. We're not doing this for nothing. We're doing this to honor, to honor God and, and to honor Christ. But at the end of it, the retirement plan, once the work is done, it's going to be good. Right. <laughs> but you're also being a source of hope and love and comfort for others, right? Like we are being essentially, you know, the reframe this around Bonhoeffer, as I always do, cause look, you know, I, I, you know, he's gotta be my next tattoo after John Wesley, right? If it's not Wesley with me, it's Bonhoeffer. Um, mm-hmm. But like, that's how so much of God's work happens in the world is we get to be, you know, not literally God, but we get to share something of God with that person. And, you know, I had, um, uh, actually this happened to me today, right? Um, you know, I, you know, you know, can have, ministry can be a struggle sometimes. And I had a random old guy at this funeral that I was doing um, come up to me. He, we had never met before. I, you know, never met him. Uh, I may never meet him again. Uh, but he came up to me and unbidden, um, again, we'd never had a one-on-one conversation. This is our first one-on-one conversation. He told me to hang in there, um, and that the spirit was with me. I never Mm. met like, just this random, you know, 70 something year old guy. Uh, and you know, in that moment, I certainly, I felt the love of God in that moment. In that moment, he shared a piece of God's love with me, um, and even if I never met, meet him again. And like, that was, those, there was a very small version of what this scripture can mean for the people that our faith is leading us to help, where they are experiencing now, that love of God. Now, let me piggyback on that because I was there too at that funeral. And I bet you anything, the spirit spoke to that man. And as he was listening to you preaching, 
he can feel something in your spirit that needed him to encourage you yeah, in your sure. mission. So if he, God held him accountable to give him the opportunity to speak to you that word of encouragement, yeah. he could have held that to himself, right. but he obeyed the spirit and said, right. talk to him and let him know. Yeah. Right. And again, it, it wasn't even, you know, it was uh -huh. both encouraging that like the work I had done that day was good. And, and you know, I, I, I feel it was a good funeral, right? I, I felt pretty good about it. But like, so there was like an encouragement there, but like, like it was really, it was a profound moment. And it and again, shows a glimpse of, you know, this is certainly an instruction for us on how to live. But when we do those things, when we answer this call, like it makes a huge difference to the people um and, and, it, and again, it is us, you know, sharing a, a little bit of God uh, with another person that, you know, those kind of things can make all the difference. As Ken says in the chat, um, he shares his power with us so that we can do his work. Yeah, that's Pentecost, friends. That's, again, as I think, I think this was my Pentecost sermon, actually. We're yeah. the plan, right? Like, you want to know, like, how the world gets fixed? I, d like, don't wait. Uh, I've, we've been, uh, I'll tear this story out of Harry Potter and then we can go. Um, so we've been sharing the Harry Potter books uh, with Thomas because they're available on audiobook and we've had to drive a lot in the past few months. And the end, so spoilers for the end of Harry Potter book three. Um, Harry like thinks he sees his father save the day, but it actually turns out it was Harry himself who had gone back in time to save the day uh so it turns out just like harry potter in book three don't wait for like someone from outside of this to come in and help the holy spirit is with you to be the person in the situation to help like mm -hmm. that's yeah. the plan we're it go and, and do and likewise this whole idea, that's, that's even how the Salvation Army got started, was putting this into action. And, all. and so that's what we're all supposed to do and to have a change in the world because we are being the change. Right. And so unfortunately, that quote you just gave is from Gandhi, not a Christian. Right? Yeah, I know. I know. And Gandhi has a really deeply convicting uh, quote about Christians uh, that we don't like yes, to think about he a does. lot. It is, I love your Christ, but I do not like your Christians. And I go, yeah, Gandhi, <laughs> that, hurt, that hurts. That hurts me. But also, yeah, uh, we're not wrong. And, and like, because we have not lived up to this, we have not lived up to this, like the scripture. We have not lived up, like, you know, a lot of people claim to be biblical literalists and then ignore the homeless guy on the side of the road. Mm. That's not a, it, like, like, you know, I, a lot of people yell at me about how the Bible is the inerrant word of God. Okay. Go and do likewise. <laughs> like, okay, friends. Like if, if we're gonna, if we're gonna say this text and I shouldn't, I, I certainly believe we should is the foundation of everything we do. Then, we need to care for people mm -hmm. like deeply and abidingly and tangibly because like the Bible has a lot more to say about that than a lot of things we get very into in the culture war, right? Like if we are in this culture, we're fine. We in it. Right. And we want Christian values to be what guides this nation. I do not disagree. Uh, but if we're going to be that, 
then re- realize how much the Bible talks about caring for people who don't have enough, people who have been left behind, people who have been forgotten, people who are lonely, people who are hard to like. Like that is the most biblically literal thing you can do. Um, this apparently, this is not apparently, this is the thing I deeply care about. This is how I got here as a theologian is I looked around like part of how I end up in church work and the kind of church work I'm in, whether it's in the mission field or as a pastor um, is I look around and, and a lot of times feel deeply convicted about the state of what Christianity is actually doing in the world and want to do differently. Like I find like, you know, you want to find a scripture that I go back to almost every day in my life. It's this one of like to reconvict myself of like, yep, there's a high bar we got to rise to because that's what we're supposed to be in the world. Um, we have a couple of good comments in the chat and then we can, uh, we, can, we can end the show. I can talk about this all day. Um, I spent 10 years in academia <laughs> talking about this stuff. Uh, I can, you know, you want to get like, you want to get real deep on some social justice stuff, which we're going to be doing for this next whole series. Um, welcome to well, my real house. You know, Go ahead. Tra- I mean, you've, you, you've lived both of those realms. You've lived like a pauper and you live mm-hmm. a better life now. I mean, like, yeah. So you've seen both sides of the coin when it comes to like poverty and, and, and how it affects people and stuff. So I, mean, I, I well, think you're a pretty good judge on it. Well, and I did that. So I did that on purpose, right? I, you know, I grew up in a middle-class suburb. I, I, I am nobody from nowhere. I'm from nowhere special. I grew up in a middle-class suburb. And so I knew in, when I felt called to ministry, I knew I was full of crap. I just, I, I have stronger language for it. We'll go with crap. Um, I knew I was full of crap. Um, I hadn't done anything. I had no idea what it was, what poverty was. I'd read about it in books, right? I was a white dude from the suburbs. Um, I was a white dude with, you know, depression and I had some struggles, but like I was a white dude from the suburbs. And so I was led by God on a journey to not be full of crap anymore um, or to be less full of crap than I was before. Um, and that's what led me to the inner city and that's what led me to the mission field. Um, and that's what, you know, led me to this version of life that I've lived is, uh, to be able to actually have something to say, to have actually witnessed some real things in the world. Um, not the kind of plasticine version that I grew up in, in the outskirts of the woodlands, Texas, right? You want to, you know, a lot of things are plastic in the woodlands. Um, <laughs> anyways um some comments in the chat if god said to do it trust it's going to happen yeah amen to that um mm-hmm, and so don't mm-hmm. worry about the how i look i live that way as a pastor all the time i i, I you know today i was in a meeting and i went we need a ferris wheel i don't know how we're going to pay for that ferris wheel but like i think we need a ferris wheel for the fall festival um so it's gonna I, happen, it's, me, gonna I, happen. So it's gonna happen i don't know how we're gonna do it yet but you know um uh, we'll we'll figure it out um yeah. Amen to that, Joe. Uh, it'll work somehow uh, if God needs it. Um, with that, we will end it here. Uh, if you have contributions to this, uh, you know, this is a series I'm deeply passionate. I, I like Summer of Rock, but like we are starting a new series, The Upside Down Kingdom, um, talking about what it really means to live into God's world. Um, and so if you have comments, feedback, you can post it here on Facebook. Thank you so much to everyone who joined us in the live chat. Uh, y'all's contributions make a huge difference. It makes the show a much better place. Um, but if you have, and by the way, by the way, thank you for, uh, to everybody that showed up Saturday, uh, in the area yes. with, for the shoes, uh, yeah. it was Speaking, a big success. Yeah. 
Speaking yeah. of helping the least of these, yeah, it was right. a, it was a huge made a huge difference. And what I love about that ministry is it treats everyone like humans. The kids get to pick out their own shoes. They're not told what shoes to wear. They get to pick them out. Um, they get you know fed breakfast and just like get to chill out with some nice people and then get to pick out their own stinking shoes so often when you you know uh you know you show up to thing you show up to a lot of food banks and you go this is the food you're going to eat today well i don't like brussels sprouts or canned corn or velveta welfare cheese the huge blocks of welfare cheese um and this is Everyone knows what I'm talking about, right? The gigantic blocks of welfare cheese. That's um, government this, cheese. It's called government cheese. Yeah, government yeah. cheese. Yeah, government where I'm from, we call from where I'm from, we called it welfare cheese. Uh, but like, you shook it and it jiggled like, like uh, jello. Yeah, no, that's not cheese, friends. That's cheese food product. Um, this that ministry isn't cheese food product. That is high quality shoes, and the kids get to pick out their own style. Um, and that to me makes it like it's meaningful to give people shoes. Period to let them have agency and have a shoe shopping experience raises that above the bar. And so thank you for everyone, both the people who helped fund it in our community. Our community raised over $4,000 to make that happen um, across Great multiple com- community God. organizations. And then we had dozens of volunteers from Grace Church, from First Christian, from First Presbyterian, from the police department, uh, from uh, uh, Farm Bureau Insurance, uh, and from the fire department. Um, shout out to all those guys yeah shout out to all the folks that made it happen um and then i've never watched an event clean up so quickly because we had so many volunteers and so yeah it was just hands down an absolute example of our community coming together and doing exactly what matthew 25 talks about of just like and especially and and especially in a covid time like uh, in covid times and even in covid times uh we served over uh, 130 kids um uh, yeah, thanks, Ken. I'm glad someone likes government cheese. I find it gross. Um, <laughs> I, I, and maybe it's because I worked in a food bank and I saw entirely too much of it. Um, yeah. But like, I burned out on government cheese. Um, yeah. Anyways, friends, also, we, we have a Facebook page, we have a YouTube page. You can leave a comment. Um, Facebook, uh, excuse me, palestinegrace.com slash video um, or Hi Leland. Or email us, uh, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. Uh, if you're looking for a audio only version of the show, where you can hear me talk even faster. Um, you can uh, just search scripture talk by grace church um, in your pod catcher of choice. And we will be back next week uh, with who knows, maybe an even more energized edition of uh, scripture talk. And also remember, fear not stay well. God is with us. Amen. Okay. Hopefully you can hear this. Nope. Wrong sound effect. I have the sound effects again. Now we dance. Please tell me y'all can hear this and I'm not just listening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. I feel weird doing the show in a tie. It was hidden most of the time by your mic. I know. It's good. You know, I don't want to look too formal. I got a shtick going. Kind of looks like Rob, Robert Palmer on that video. There you go, Leland. Yeah, kind of, actually. <laughs>